Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Uh, as we transition into our teaching this morning, I have a question for you to, to kind of get us focused and on track this morning. If you had a chance, if you had a chance to save lives, perhaps many lives, would you? And you're like, oh boy, that escalated quickly. But, but let, let's process that a minute together. If you had a chance to save lives, multiple lives, would you? I mean, we, we all like to think, well, yeah, yeah. You see, we might have those opportunities, opportunities like Margaret Brown and Harold Lowe on a fateful night in April 14th, 1912, represented in this clip. You don't understand. If we go back, they'll swamp the boat. They'll pull us right down, I'm telling you. Knock it off. You're scaring me. Come on, girls. Grab an oar. Let's go. Are you out of your mind? We're in the middle of the North Atlantic. Now, do you people want to live or do you want to die? I don't understand a one of you. What's the matter with you? It's your men out there. There's plenty of room for more. Now, bring in your oars over there and tie these two boats together as well. Now make sure that's tied up nice and tight. Right! Listen to me, man. We have to go back. I want to transfer all the women from this boat into that boat right now, as quick as you can, please. Let's drift them. Would you go back? From the comfort and the security of the lifeboat that you have found, would you return to see others find the same rescue that you have? You see, go back. Compassion was the heart cry of at least two survivors that night of the Titanic disaster. They were to go and rescue others. Within this clip, we, we see uh, Representative Margaret or Molly Brown. She was a, a wealthy single lady aboard the Titanic who had a compassionate heart for suffering people. Uh, her whole life exemplified this, but especially during those tragic moments that night, she had a heart cry to respond, to do, uh, to, to go on rescue for others, And we also see uh, the actions depicted here of, of 5th Officer Harold Lowe. He was thought to be the only officer who went back. The only officer who went back that night in search of survivors in the icy water. You see, the Titanic, it, it didn't have enough lifeboats to rescue everyone in the first place. But many of the boats that they did have, uh, they were sent off at less than full capacity. 
And it's been estimated that there were 500 seats 500 seats left open that night, 500 people who could have been saved from the sinking of the ship of dreams. Would you go back? Would you go back? Perhaps the question we ask ourselves today is this, will I go back? Yes, today in our everyday lives, will we commit to looking for those whose ship of dreams is sinking to the cold, dark waters of despair, brokenness, or heartbreak? You see, as followers of Jesus, we must ask this question in the present tense. Not looking back hypothetically, but yet looking around our world for the people who are in need of rescue. The people who are in need of the hope of Christ Jesus. There's a line here that Margaret spoke, and I I have no idea about its historical authenticity, but she says it this way. She says, I don't understand. What's the matter? It's your men out there. There's plenty of room for more. And what that points to me is the reality is that it's our co-workers, it's our neighbors, it's our friends, it's our family that need rescue. Will we be a people found going on that rescue mission to share hope with others, to share the hope that we have experienced in Christ Jesus. Will we go? I hope you will. I hope I will. I hope we will together. You you see, that's what our mission statement is all about. Transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ. As we continue today with part three of our teaching series, Mission in Action, we're going to be reminded of our focus and, and yes, our commitment, our call to see others find hope in Jesus. I want to welcome you back to our teaching series, Mission in Action. We're, We're taking specific time here at the outset of a new year to dive deep into our mission statement, to be reminded at which uh, it's pointing us to as we embark on a new year. We, we began the first uh, Sunday of the new year looking at the idea of transformation, the first word of our mission statement. We believe that God is in the business of changing us, growing us in his likeness. And this change is not something that, that we're just to, to do on our own or try to figure out. No, it's, it's a constant surrender. It's through relationship with him and his sanctifying grace at work in our lives, making us into a new creation in Christ, transformation. Because the reality is that, that we can't uh, think that we're going to share hope. We can't bring hope to others through Christ if we haven't experienced the transformation for ourselves. In week two, we we looked at God's central role in our mission. It it should go maybe without saying, but but it's there for a reason to remind us that God is central to everything we do. Yes, everything we do as believers, but yes, everything we do as a church should center on Him because nothing can be done apart from Him. Nothing is nor will ever be more important than God the Father. And today, as we continue, we're going to focus on hope. We're going to focus on hope and the mission to share it with others. You see, the the hope we have in Christ, it's central to our identity in Him, and it's central to our mission as the church together. We want to be so transformed, so full of Christ Jesus and His life, that the hope He gives us cannot be restrained. It overflows to everyone around us, everywhere we go. You see, that's the mission. As we begin today, I want to anchor our hope 
in its proper place because uh, we're, we're not just out there to share just another hope. No, it's a specific hope. It's the hope found through Christ Jesus. I invite you to turn with me to our teaching text today in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. The text will be on the screen, and it's also in your version notes this morning. 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. You see, friends, that's the hope we have. That's the hope we're called to share. It's the hope of Jesus. It's a living hope. Friend, do you remember in your life when you encountered the living hope of Jesus for yourself? Do you remember how that felt? Do you remember the feeling of of your sins being washed away under the blood of Jesus, that, that he had given you forgiveness, that you hadn't done so many wrong things you couldn't be forgiven? Do you remember that feeling? Do you remember the feeling of unconditional love that that came over you, knowing that the the life of Christ is now birthed within you? He knows you intimately and loves you exponentially. Do you remember that feeling? I remember the feeling when that reality that God's kingdom was a reality, that God's kingdom was bigger than what I understood, and that he was inviting me to be a part of it, and that God's kingdom was not just about how hard I could work or the stuff I could accumulate. You remember that feeling of being invited into his kingdom? You see, when we consider those things, when we consider God's work, is it any wonder that Peter began with praise here? Worship of all that God has done. You see, in God's great mercy, he, he hasn't given us what our sins deserve, what our lives produced apart from him. No, he's given us mercy. He's given us mercy. He's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's the hope we have. That's living hope. And it's only through relationship and intimacy with Jesus. Peter's sure to remind us here that this hope is, is yes, a present tense reality, but it's also a future coming reality. You see, because Christian hope is not just blind optimism. It's not just well wishes that I hope everything's going to work out all right next week. It's more concrete than that. It's more sure than that. You see, we have a confident expectation and anticipation about what's ahead because Jesus now holds our future. He holds our future, the promise of life eternal with him. In his kingdom. So, so how that plays out, let's flip over to Revelation 21, where he talks about new heaven and new earth. Friend, that's your inheritance in Christ Jesus. New heaven and new earth, where he says that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You had any tears lately? He says, there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order has passed away. Friends, that's your inheritance in Christ. That's where our hope is secure for tomorrow. It's in Him and His kingdom. That's living hope. A hope that will never spoil or fade or disappoint. It's living hope. And friends, that's the hope. That's the message that we are committed to sharing. 
living hope. You see, this hope, this living hope in Jesus is the answer. It's the answer to the core longings, the deep heart-level desires that every person experiences. He is the fulfillment. So so whether people are flailing in the icy waters of despair or they're simply floating along seemingly doing okay, every person you encounter needs what you've experienced through Christ Jesus. They need living hope. See, because that points us to a truth. That every person in your day-to-day life, every person you encounter through your routine is hoping in something. Every person, every person you encounter is hoping in something. You see, it's the universal human need. We were created that way. Every person you bump into this week is hoping in something. You're hoping in something today. They might be hoping that that if they can work hard enough, if they can get that promotion at work, they might finally be able to prove to the world or maybe to themselves that they're good enough. They're hoping they might finally feel that they've made it. They're hoping in something. They're hoping that maybe... Maybe they could lose a few pounds or wear their new trendy outfit off social. They're hoping that those things might become a reality or to to do the right things, that they might finally find acceptance that their heart's been longing for their whole life. Friends, every person is hoping for something. They're hoping the doctor comes back with good news from the biopsy. Every person, every person. They're hoping this this next relationship, this next hookup, will be the one finally who understands me and completes me. Every person is hoping something. And the heartbreaking truth about so many of these hopes, however good they might seem at first, they will not hold up. They cannot bear the weight of the reality of the hard things and the challenges that life brings us. And when those moments come, misplaced hope is going to leave you disillusioned and devastated in despair, wondering what happened to that perfectly good plan. You ever had a perfectly good plan? You ever seen it just come apart? Do you remember how that felt? You see, because that's the reality of false hope, of hope placed anywhere other than in Christ Jesus. Perfectly good plans fall apart. Every person you meet, yes, the one in the mirror, too, needs the hope of Jesus Christ. So how do we do it? We recognize the need. We recognize the source. How do we share it? How do we share it? The hope is central to our own life and our journey with Jesus. It's central to our mission. How do we do it? Do we form a committee? Anybody want to be on it? Do we we immediately default into having some meetings? Can we take up an offering? I mean, I hate to pass up a good chance for an offering. But how do we do it? Like, is a committee and meetings and offerings, are, are those things the only context at which hope can be shared? 
there's a part in that that, yes, we're going to share hope that way. But what if today, what if today the mission of sharing living hope was more organic, maybe let's even say more fluid than that? Turn with me today to, to Romans chapter 15, to Paul's writing there. We're going to begin and read just verse 13. How do we share it? How do we share it? Romans 15 verse 13 says this, says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you catch mission in there? May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, as you look to him, so that you may overflow with hope. What what if, friends, sharing hope simply looked like going to work or school, the grocery store, sliding by the hardware store? What if the mission simply looked like splashing Jesus everywhere you went? What if that's how we are to share hope? Paul says that God is the source. And that's important because it can can seem like we're just to drum this up. This is not a cry to do better. It's a cry for intimacy with God. Because God is the source of hope. It's his eternal life. So it's limitless. It's unending. It's never going to run out. God is the source of hope. He says, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you may overflow. That idea there is abounding, is exceeding, is is spilling over. It's having enough hope to share. We share that hope in the power of the Holy Spirit. As we're looking to Him, as we're in relationship with Him, His Spirit is going to overflow hope in our lives. So what does it look like to share hope, to overflow with hope? I want you to just imagine with me that this bowl of water is God's abounding hope. It's it's a stretch, I understand. But God's limitless hope and your life. Now, you're much more valuable and beautiful than a car wash sponge. I want each you to know. But what if if this abounding idea, we we try to think about that, we try to see ourselves like, is is abounding? Like, is is that really all that there's there? Is that really all that I have to give to my world? But oh wait, if we're in relationship, we're we're trusting, we're looking to him, we're full of his joy and his peace, and his hope overflows in the power of the Spirit. How would this reality change your tomorrow? To, to head off to school tomorrow, odd or even day, to the class you like or don't like, what would this change to the friend that you have that's going through a hard time? As we step off into a new work week and we're by the water cooler and we find out that someone just lost a loved one, we're overflowing with good news and hope we can share compassionately with them. May the God of hope fill you to overflowing This is just how we're to live in Him. This is His resource. It's just spilling out of us. 
everywhere we go, but we have to make sure that we're trusting, we're emerged in him, we're allowing his filling and his overflowing into our world. So that when you slide by Walmart for the third time for groceries this week, you can spill hope all over the cash register, the person running. When you slide by the daycare and another parent just confides in you that they're really struggling just to keep it together, you have an opportunity to share hope. That's the mission. That's the mission, friends. And yes, we're going to do stuff together. As the church, we want to come together as a whole bunch of sponges And we want to splash Jesus across our community. When when we talk about uh, uh, taking up the drummer boy offering, that was this. That overflow of hope helped families in this campus pay for medical bills this year, to buy food, to, to buy heating oil that's triple the cost this year. That is hope overflowing. When we get to serve with EAUS and help them move facilities this year, we want to go and we want to overflow with hope. We know you're busy, but can't we come together on mission and live this reality that God has promised us? You see, as you trust in Him, you look to Him, He's going to pour Himself out and through you everywhere you go, will you let Him? Will you let Him? Will you let him? Friends, you are transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ. That's your story. That's your call as a follower of Jesus. Share hope. As the band makes their way forward. There's another story told from April 14th, 1912 the sinking of the Titanic, the story of John Harper. It's a story of this, sharing hope. You see, John Harper, he was a, a Baptist preacher from London. He was 39 years old. His wife had died and left him to raise their daughter. And he was aboard the Titanic heading for Chicago where he would preach in the Moody Bible Church there. As he is going, as this tragedy begins to unfold that night, uh, Harper understood the opportunity to share hope. As the ship is going down and the lifeboats are being loaded in that panic, he refuses a seat beside his daughter and his sister. He refused it. Instead, he he stayed on board to offer words of comfort, words of hope. He was proclaiming the gospel. Survivors would note that he was sharing how people could come to know Jesus as the ship is sinking. He was overflowing with hope, you see. He was overflowing. And the story goes that as the ship continued to sink, that he even took his life jacket off and gave it to another so that they could be rescued. Now you have to investigate this for yourself, but I read on one Baptist website there that the man he gave his life jacket to was one who refused his offer of Jesus. And he said, you need this more than I do. You see, hope... (laughs) Rescue. 
every person we encounter is longing for it. They've placed their hope already somewhere and they may be getting the sense that it's sinking. Will you share the rescue you found in Jesus with them? Will you just adorn the life jacket and go about your life in tune with the Spirit, listening to Him. And when you encounter that person, give them your life jacket. Just say, let me tell you about the hope I've found in Jesus. The rescue I've experienced. Do you want in? Do you want in? That's the mission. <laughs> Transformed by God to bring hope, to bring rescue to others through Christ Jesus. And praise God, you don't have to have pastor or any initials in front of your name to do this. You don't even have to be wired tight and outgoing like Pastor Terry. I can't keep up with her. She's superwoman. But bless God, there's a place for you and how God has gifted you to share hope in your world and your circle of influence. You are called, friends, to share hope, the hope of Jesus. Will you go through your work, through your life, down the hallways of your school, life jacket in hand? I would invite you to stand today. That'll make you think we're getting closer to being done. I got two life jackets here today. I took these out of my boat, and if I would forget... The game warden would remind me with a ticket the next time I was fishing. You see, it's that important. <laughs> it's that important. But you see, I brought two life jackets today because we need to be reminded to share hope, to go with that around our neck everywhere we go. But I brought a second today in case you're here and need rescue. In case you're here today and you need to experience this. You need to experience the hope. The rescue from despair. From that career that just let you down, that didn't fulfill all it promised. From that relationship that's maybe gone south. Maybe you're sensing that you had hope in the wrong places. Friends, there's opportunity today to place your hope in Jesus. To know Him know him and to know hope in your story and through your life in response today um, we're just going to say that this front row of chairs are seats on the lifeboat <laughs> if you need hope today friends from whatever it is, whatever's causing your despair, whatever ship of dreams has gone down in your life today, whatever it is, friend, come and receive hope. This is just an invitation. There's no pressure. But to put on rescue, to know Jesus for yourself. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you today for the rescue. Lord, the life ring you've thrown us, and that was yourself. Lord, we thank you for the hope that we have in you. 
And Lord, I, I lift up that person that is, is suffering under misplaced hope today. God, so the world offers us so many seemingly good things to place our hope in jobs and relationships and Twitter accounts and whatever, God, but those things are shallow. They can only steal from us. But Lord, you offer us a hope that can give. So Lord, I pray for that heart today that's longing to know you, to experience forgiveness, Lord, to experience that feeling of being forgiven, experience the feeling of unconditional love to experience your life birthed within them. God, we love you today. Friends, as the band sings, you're free to respond this morning. You're welcome to kneel. If you want to come, take a seat in the lifeboat. Just ask you not to miss this moment. Don't leave hopeless. Please don't. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. Won't you respond? Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at C-O-T-N-A-Z org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.